Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 2, Episode 21. This is the semi-state extravaganza. We go through all four locations leading up to next week's state meet. All right, cue the New Prairie theme music. All right, I'm here with Scott Litskin. We're going to go over the New Prairie semi-state. It's a boys' first year, so we'll start with the boys. Uh, looks like individually, Cole Raymond from Laporte is clearly the class of the field. We don't see anyone really even all that close to him, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we have, if we have weather like last week, that could make things a little bit more interesting, but it looks like it's going to be nice this weekend. So Cole is, is I'd say, the clear favorite there, yeah. And probably about the only, at least it appears this way, all-state level runner in the field. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, that that very well may be true. I, I mean, I, I I don't know. Obviously, we don't know for sure. New Prairie Semi-State typically would produce more than just one all-stater. So I think somebody else could maybe slip in there. But right now, it's it's looking that way, at least at this point. On the team side... There are a few teams that appear very likely to get out. Yep. And in the write-up on uh, Indiana Runner, you said that uh, Valpo and Laporte are clearly in a position to 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 contend for the for the win for the individual, not the individual for the team win, the semi-state title. And then after that in a good position to qualify, we basically said, like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Valpo has, has really been, been a strong team since I think they may have uh, run up the state preview way back, like, on Labor Day weekend, and they've been just solid, really, ever since. Um, and Laporte, I guess what I love about Laporte is that front three. They have an awesome front three. Yeah, they're four or five, maybe – a little bit far back it seems like you can say that about just about every team here in that semi-state so I, I mean I think you know this as well as anybody when you get to the really big meets at the end of the year you you can't have enough front running <laughs> you just can't have enough so if you have three up front like Laporte does they're going to be difficult to beat you know so I, I do think Valpo is the favorite but I think Laporte's going to make it and then wow it gets real interesting and Laporte we had three Laporte boys in the top five. So, and, and no Valparaiso boys in the top 10. So it's an interesting dichotomy between. Well, actually we had Dillabo from Valpo in the top 10. Oh, you're right. You're right. That, that slipped my attention here. So, but it's, it still seems kind of this dichotomy between great front running and great depth. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the bigger the meat get, the bigger the field gets, I think, in my experience, the, the more advantageous it is to have that front running. But as you mentioned about three or four minutes ago, if this is a field that doesn't have a lot of elite, elite top guys, you know, you might be a, I'm just throwing out a number, you might be a 16-20 guy and have a chance to, you know, score 10, 8 points. And that's really not that far back from, you know, a second or third place overall. In the right. Team so score. in in the the 
projections of the predictions that you put on that are up on Indiana Runner right now um, and will be, well, forever, but throughout this week, you have the Laporte boys going one, four, and five, but yep. the Valparaiso boys going three, 11, and 12. And right. so they're just not getting that big of a gap. Exactly. That if they can bury Laporte's fourth and fifth, if Valparaiso could use their, their excellent depth to do that, they're probably in a better position. Whereas at the sectional, Laporte went one, two, three, I believe, and won mm-hmm. that sectional, and then Valparaiso turned it around and beat them at the at the regional. Yeah, because that Laporte four five, like I think this is what you're getting at, isn't going to be that, that far back at a sectional. There's just not that many runners or good runners. But I, I the, the weird dichotomy about that is, is come state meet time when you do add in all these elite level runners from around the state, Cole Raymond might be a much bigger difference maker. Um, in that type of a field for report. I mean, I don't get ahead of myself talking about the state meet, but it'll be interesting to see how those two teams play out over the next two weeks. After that, there are a lot of teams. <laughs> and, and Taylor and I went through it last week right after the regional. Chesterton, Morgan Township, Warsaw, and Munster is how you see it. How confident are you in those? Those are going to be the six. Absolutely none. No confidence at all. Um, and, you know, you get, you and Taylor talked about that. And I listened, you guys did a great job. And, and even, even through last week, it was, it was kind of up in the air as to who would make it. And then Munster wins a regional kind of surprisingly and Lafayette Jeff wins a regional kind of surprisingly, just adding two more names into the pot. So we had the contenders, Chesterton, Morgan Township, Crown Point, Warsaw, Lake Central, West Lafayette, Munster, Portage. And then on top of that, you mentioned that Lafayette Jeff beat West Lafayette at the, the regional and Munster beat some other good teams. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's probably 10 teams capable of, of making it out. Yeah. And how cool is that? Right. That's just, that, what a great race. Are you of those teams besides Valpo and Chesterton, is there anybody you're, you're most confident about? You have Chesterton, or besides Valparaiso and Laporte, you have yeah. Chesterton third. Are you the most confident that they'll make it out? I suppose. I, I mean, I guess that's why I put them third, but it really could be that close between third and 10th. I think I mentioned in there, I mean, it could be a really high point total that, that advances. I, you know, I've had many a year at semi-state where you, you walk out of there and you're like, well, you know, our, our point total is pretty high. I don't know how we're going to possibly make it, but it's, it's in scenarios like this one where the teams are just so close and everybody's fifth runner is scoring pretty high. Um, you know, you, you could score two, just throw in our number like 244 and which is a pretty high number for sixth place and that could make it. Last week, based on regional results. Now this, does not include if someone sat a certain runner, which teams may have done. I don't think there was a lot of that at New Prairie on the boys' side. They Their perform, team performance ranking came in this order. Valparaiso, Laporte, so those, those are our top two. We feel confident those will be the top two. Then Chesterton, three, Morgan Township, four, Munster, five, and Warsaw, six. So that meshes with what our top six were. Crown Point seven, very little difference between Warsaw and Crown Point. Lake Central eight, a little bit farther back. And then West Lafayette was ahead of Lafayette Jeff. 
but just the, that's how the scoring shakes out in that. Yep. At, at, at that one. Now, Lafayette Jeff was missing what is says is their number two at the regional, but yeah. he, he hasn't run since, so he's probably not going to run. He hasn't run since, since the Harrison invites. He hasn't run for yeah. almost two months. Yeah, and I didn't even look at INCC stats, and that's, that's what uh, pretty much the order I have as well. So, um, so I think that's, that's telling. On the girls' side, individually, Corinna James probably the, the class of the field. I mean, she won the state championship last year, right? Yeah, you and I have mentioned before. I mean, she may be the most underrated defending champion in the history of the state of Indiana. She's awesome, and she's clearly the, 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 the most accomplished runner in this field. Lillian Zelasco from New Prairie, Kaylee Polizza from Valparaiso are two likely All-Staters. Bailey Ranta is certainly a potential All-Stater as well. So four of the top 25 or so girls in the state and and James Alasco and Polizza maybe three of the top ten. At Alasco especially has been running very well lately and um, had a big win last week at the regional and she she's really looking like a top twenty caliber runner. And just as we think the boys' race is is between two teams, the girls' race appears to be that as well. And they those those two teams have really separated themselves from the field. Um, my question then, Valparaiso, Chesterton, neither of them are state meet contenders, but they both could finish on the podium. If you're one of those teams, how much do you really care about winning the semi-state team championship? I think I care a lot. Um, it, you know, winning semi-state title is, is still, I think, a pretty special thing. And, you know, especially there when you're, when it's your arch rival and it's kind of the last meet of the year where you're going to get a, get a shot at them when it's just, you know, one of you two that are going to win. So um, I think it's a big deal. They'll both, let's put it this way. They'll both, they'll both compete to win for sure. Valparaiso and Chesterton both missing two of their top five runners last week per INCC stats at the regional. Chesterton won. Valpo actually had the better team rating. They don't give out trophies for team rating. One of Valparaiso's top athletes has missed several weeks in a row. I'd say it's unlikely she comes back. Chesterton looks like their top five have all run, raced in the last couple of weeks. Do you think one of them – you pick Chesterton to win. Do you do you think that Chesterton has a better chance to finish in the top five next week over Valparaiso then? That is a very, very good question. And I, I guess my answer will be that I think some of it depends on what happens this weekend. Um, you know, Chesterton came out of the gates this season really hot and and they're a very, very good team, but I I don't I don't feel like they've been gaining momentum you know at a huge rate maybe they're just that good from the get-go whereas i think valpo has been getting better so i think momentum matters a little bit in this situation and confidence matters and that's why i think winning this meet would matter for both teams you don't you don't like locks but you do fancy laporte lake central and warsaw's chances to get out you think they're likely to get out 
Yeah, I think especially Laporte. They've been running very well lately. Um, they again, sort of like their boys. They got some good front running with Sebecki, and, and I, I really like their chances a lot. You know, Lake Central lacks that. They're the opposite. They lack that front runner. But they have a great pack running team. It's a little bit dangerous in most meets, but again, in this semi-state, even if you lack front running, you know your front runner might be. I'm going to throw it in up like 17th or 18th, which doesn't kill you if you're if you've got a, a good one through five compression. And Warsaw has been solid, consistent all year. Um, again, they they're not knocking your socks off, but they've been very very consistent. And and I think there's something to be said for that when the stakes get really high. The most consistent teams during the season tend to you know, run consistently, and, and that's why I got them in there. Based on the last week, now again, Valparaiso has missing runners that they'll bring back, missing runner at least. Chesterton has missing runners that they'll bring back. Here are how those teams stack up their team rating, which is pretty close to, you know, in the sectional or regional, it could be um, – it could be a little different with only six or seven teams in the sectional and only 10 teams in the regional. Valparaiso, number one. Chesterton, number two. Warsaw, three. Laporte, four. Lake Central, five. And then not too far behind Lake Central. The Lake Central is missing a runner. Harrison in sixth. Seeger is right there as well. And then West Lafayette is eighth crown point ninth and all of those teams are really really close i went to make a mock semi-state based on regional results and i gotta tell you i got about two or three minutes into it and my head figuratively exploded and i just i had to stop yeah I, you know if if the top five teams that we just mentioned are going to advance there's no lock there in my opinion um and even with you know well just and Valpo are going to make the state meet Laporte, Lake Central, Warsaw, Lakeland. So if that's the five, ooh, it gets real interesting. I mean, West Lafayette is the team that I had there in sixth, which is a considerable upset, I guess. They've been battling with Harrison all year, and then Seeger kind of is inching their way upward with their great, great front running. So again, it's just like we were talking about on the boys' side, or even with Lake Central girls, is that great pack running, great one through five compression versus like Seeger's great front running. And it's just going to be intriguing to watch. Based on the entire season, INCC Stats has Harrison 6th, Crown Point 7th, West Lafayette 8th, and actually Seeger in 10th, and Seeger only has like a 1.2% chance to make the state meet, but they've been running a lot better recently. Running better, have the front runners. Um, and you know, I, I, we'll probably get somebody to email me this when I say it incorrectly, but I'm not sure West Lafayette has beaten Harrison this season head-to-head even though it's been incredibly close every single time. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it's one of those things like, uh, is it basketball? So they say it's, it's really hard to beat a team three times in a season. I don't know. What's, what's that from, but, you know, it's like, can Harrison keep just holding off West Lafayette and Seager? And you know, one of these times it, it, they might not be able to, but they're certainly very, very good teams. So Harrison's somewhere in the they're, – they're north of 50%. Their percentage chance is actually greater than Laporte. Granted, this is season-long, right? So right. it's not you, – you're doing more recent results. Yeah, I think that's um, more, more valuable. But, but of, of all those teams outside of the top five, so six make it, right? 
Yep. So we're kind of picking the last team and you pick West Lafayette. How much of that do you think is, and you even mentioned this in, in the article that they have a lot of tradition, but the tradition doesn't necessarily run the race. How much of that do you think in you picking lakes or in you picking West Lafayette, how much of that is there, is there a longstanding tradition in their coaching? I think, I think there's definitely a factor there. Um, you know, I think there's, when you get a program that has an expectation that you make it to the state meet every year, you go into that meet, not necessarily hungry or, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I think all these teams are going to go into semi-state incredibly hungry. Um, but I think you go in with a little bit more confidence that, that your, you know, your program has been there and done that before. They know how to you know, train it properly to get you, you know, through that last week. And it's kind of, it's kind of your turn in the, you know, in the decades long uh, traditions of, of qualifying for state. So I think it matters a, a lot, probably not, but that, that's how close this race is. It, it's not, there isn't going to be a, a big separation. On the girls side for Harrison, I do know that we, her name used to be Creasy Closer was an excellent runner when she was in high school. She's probably about my age. She's now Creasy Huntsman. She coaches the girls in cross country. And I believe she coaches the boys and the girls distance and track and has done an excellent job. And so Absolutely. We, we may be here, you know, we're used to the, the tradition of West Lafayette, but we, we may be here five or six years from now talking about Harrison girls on the cusp of making the state meet and the great tradition at Harrison. Absolutely. She is doing a great job and, and for, you know, they're, they're, they're a really good team and, and it would not surprise me in any way if they made it. Yep. And it, based on the stats they've got, they've got the best chance, but we, we project it to be very, very close and, and the numbers, the numbers bear that out. So any last thoughts about uh, new Prairie semi-state after covering it all year? Well, we've talked about it all year long. I think if, if, if there aren't going to be a whole, you know, very many medal stand teams or top 25 runners, and I think it might surprise you how many there will wind up being, it's still probably the most exciting race. I think you even mentioned that in one of your podcasts um, with Taylor. I, you know, it's just, if you're a spectator, all, you know, semi-stage is amazing meet to run or to watch, period. But, but this one may be the most interesting, exciting. And, you know, spectators, you know, sometimes they wander away from the finish line after about the first 20, 30 runners finish stay on that finish line through 60 70th place because that might matter who makes it yep and certainly the uh the semi-state with the most tradition right it's been there the longest yeah all these other areas are in, in new places they jumped around but in and the most um long-standing rivalries between between a lot of these schools so this is while they may not be the the best teams in the state and may not have a ton of teams and individuals at the very top next week. This is, this is the week to shine for, for the Northwest. Yeah, it'll be a heck of a race. Or right. both races. Hey man, thanks for coming on. Thank you. We're here with the boss, Derek Leininger. We're going to talk about his neck of the woods, the Northeast semi-state. It's technically New Haven, right? Yeah, they're the host school. That is correct. But it's on Huntington University's course. That's correct. This will be so, the second year down at Huntington University. Last year was 
Um, I think it was had to do with, with COVID and the uh, Plex not being willing to host the event. But then once they went to Huntington, I think they pretty much, they kind of liked it. Now it's probably going to stick on there for a while. That was my follow-up question. Do you think it's just going to be there from now on? I expect it's a pretty nice course. I don't know if you've been there before, but in terms of like courses in this area that can legitimately host an event the size of the semi-state, Huntington University is, is pretty good. I, I'd always been proud about being one of the few people in my estimation that had seen all four semi-state courses from coaching in central Indiana, going to Brown County for meets at Columbus North or at Carmel and uh, running at New Prairie in high school and then just being involved, you know, in, in Northeast and seeing that New Haven course. But now I can't, I can't say that anymore. Maybe there's nobody left. Maybe I was well, the last guy that had seen all four. Yeah, if you're not busy, just come on over Saturday to Huntington and we'll check it and check it out. Yeah, I'll check my schedule. Uh, <laughs> let's go through your article is up. You've done the New Haven semi-state all year. Uh, so please stop sending your hate mail and your uh, packages to my house and send them to Derek. Uh, now that you guys know that. Individually, it seems pretty cut and dry, at least up front, right? We yeah, don't I mean, it, it is in terms of the favorite, I think. I mean, Isaiah Sturry, the defending state champion from Angola, uh, senior this year, won last year as a junior, won the state title as well as the semi-state. Um, I, I, like, you know, you and I have talked multiple times. I think it's hard to bet against him, given the fact that nobody has beat him. I mean, he's, he's run against some of the best runners in the state this year. Obviously, he's the defending state champion. So even though there are some... I think there's, I think there are multiple other top 10 type of runners, type 10 in the state meet type of runners here in New Haven semi-state. I still think it's pretty clear that it would be, it would be a shock to me if anybody except Sturry won this race. So after him, the Goshen duo, Drew Hogan, Cole Johnston, Jack Moore from Northridge, who's had an excellent season and Nolan Satterfield from Hamilton Southeastern. Those all seem like, top 10 level boys yeah. right I, I don't I think know that so. all of them are going to finish in the top 10 but they certainly have that potential right yeah you, you look at I mean you look at all the different semi-states and I you know I think the royal I think those are I think you're exactly right those are the names that I would say I would not be you know really stunned if all five of those guys or any of those you know five guys finish in the top 10 next week in Terre Haute and there are two more boys that were in the top 10 last year but they just haven't been quite as strong this season yeah, I mean, there's so we're those those five we talked about. Um, we should probably mention Austin Hall, senior from Columbus City. Shout out, shout out to my alma mater. Um, he, I mean, Austin is probably this is probably the best cross country season a Columbus City boy has ever had. Is, you if, think he has, if, if does not, he have the school record? I, well, I'm not, I'm not totally sure on what the school record is. Um, I know he's dropped some really good times. I know the school record at one point was 15:48, um, but obviously Columbus City's had some some pretty good runners over the past several years. So I don't know if that is, I, I don't know if Austin has broken that. Um, but like, I'm just, I'm just talking in terms of, I think Austin could be a top 20 guy. I think he's the podium level runner and Columbia city has not had a podium runner in boys cross country before. So I'm that's, that's where I'm arguing. I think he might be, but I, I think he's in the mix. Um, yeah. Ethan Bates from Homestead. He's starting to run pretty well. He's a, he's a returning podium runner. Um, Mariana Retzloff from Pan, Carson Schlegel from Concordia. Those guys were way up there. I mean, I think if I remember like fifth and sixth last year. I mean, they were, they were really high on the podium there in Terre Haute. Um, 
they both have, have kind of struggled through the past, uh, probably about the past month or so. Um, I think I think they'll run better this week and next week than what they've showed recently. But um, at, at this point, it's kind of hard to imagine that they'll recapture the form that they had 365 days ago. But but certainly, you know, when you have returning runners, particularly senior boys who have been top ten in the state meet, you ought you ought to think about them because don't don't be surprised if they do run a lot faster than you think they might this weekend. Team wise, the top two teams have separated themselves from the rest of the field. Now there's other other schools that that you consider, or we by extension, we being Indiana runner, consider to be a lock, but the team race will be between Hamilton Southeastern and Fishers. Um, how how do you handicap those two? And then a, a follow-up question, if I may, like how much do those two teams even really care this week? since they're both title contenders next week, potentially. Um, yeah, I, to answer your first question, here's how I handicap it. I think HSC is a little bit better. When you look at like a semi-state format, uh, where there's not quite, a, not as many as, you know, runners that will kind of break up the team scores next week at the state meet. Really, who can put, who can put four guys in the top 20, like in the semi-state this weekend? I think, I think either one could. I think HSC is probably more likely to. And then think about, okay, if they're putting four in that top 20, top 25 range, where are the two, three, four going to be located? And when you start to look at, like, HSC matches up just a little bit better at each spot, they're both, they're both podium-level teams. Um, they're both senior-dominated teams. They're both well-coached. I don't, I, I don't see, you know, I, th I think they're both going to do very well. But then you ask the second question, do they care? I mean, I, I would, I mean, if I'm a, even if I'm a podium level team, the chance to win a semi-state title is a pretty big deal. I know HSC sat a lot of their guys last week at regional. Um, I can't imagine why you sit guys at regional and then only give a partial effort at semi-state. That doesn't seem like you're getting yourself, you know, very mentally prepared for the state finals next week. So, so I think both teams will compete very well. Um, it's hard to imagine that anybody else would challenge those two. I think it's, you know, HSC Fishers one, two. Um, I'm thinking HSC wins by maybe 15 points or so. Uh, it'd be hard to imagine anybody else breaking up those top two teams. The other locks you put as Goshen and Northridge. Yeah. So I don't know if I would say lock. I would say that they are in really good shape. So you think about Goshen, obviously, we've already talked about um, Johnston and Hogan as two of the top. You know, th those guys could be two or three this weekend. That wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise anybody. Um, Claxton is really good. He's a, he's a really solid number three. I bet he's going to be in the top 20 this weekend at semi-state. So when you, when you've got, like, let's say you go, let's just be conservative. Let's say you go third, fifth, and 20th in the semi-state. If your four or five are just, just run a good race, statistically, it's going to be really hard for you to not be in the top six. So that's why I like Goshen a lot. Um, so about, I think, I think, about 200 will make it out, right? If you can yeah, get around so, 200, you feel good. So third, third, fourth, and 20th is probably a combined, with individuals taken out, it's probably a combined 20 points, 20, right? So roughly. can your other two guys finish in the top 90 for team scores out of 140? For, for team scores, which means they're in the top 120 overall or you know, 110 overall, which, yes, I think Goshen will probably handle that okay. Um, so yeah, if you want to say a lock, you can call them a lock. I think, I think they're going to be, it'd be really hard to not see them qualify. 
Um, Northridge, very similar. Jack Moore is one of the top individuals. Uh, Jackson Miller Jr. is running really well. He's, I think he could be like top 10 this weekend. So it's kind of th their three is not quite as good as Goshen's three, but they have some pretty good depth. Kind of their three through seven guys run really well. So again, I if they run to potential, I mean this is this is kind of a surprise. Surprising maybe is the wrong word because you know Ryan McLean is a, is a great coach up there, but um, I did not see Northridge as a clear top ten team when we looked at preseason data. Um, but looked at they're they're probably a bubble team, maybe fifteenth or twentieth. But then they start racing in August, early September. And you're like, man, these guys they're really pretty tough. And uh, I think I don't think there's any doubt that they can get through this weekend and be a top ten type of team next week. You think you think Goshen Northridge potential top ten teams, but probably a, a bit back from the podium. Yeah, next I mean, week, Terre Haute. yeah, you. I mean, you, Colin, you know as well as anybody looking at like what it takes to make the podium. And you really have to have, I mean, you've really, really got to be really strong at four or five. Um, and I think Goshen and Northridge are strong enough up front and good enough at four or five to finish in the top 10. But I, I have a hard time seeing, like, if you can't get your, your fifth guy, you know, down into the, you know, 70s, 80s there at the state meet, it's going to be hard to finish on the podium, even if you do have two guys on the podium. Um, I mean, there's just a lot more runners in between you know, 1630 and 1715 at the state meet that start to push some of your guys back. If you're four or five aren't on the front end of that, of that big, that big bubble there. But potentially, I mean, we could entertain the idea of Goshen, right? I mean, if they're, if they're top two finish fourth and seventh at the state meet and their third guy is in the thirties, sure. They could, they could, they could sneak in at fifth, right? Scored, scored two hundred and ten points and sneak in, yeah. catch some of those other teams tripping up. Yeah, but I, I think, I think that's what, that's it. You just said it. I, I, even if they did that, there are still six or seven teams that I think are are clearly better than they are, assuming that everybody runs really well. So what you're saying is, could Goshen on a great day be podium if a couple teams slip? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's typically not how I think about rankings, though. Um, right. I mean, I, I, you know, I, it's, it's definitely possible, but I don't, I would not call it likely. Okay, then on the bubble, you've got all of these teams: Homestead, Concordia, Penn, Carroll, Columbia City, Angola. Yep. So that's four, four not locks, but four teams in a really good position to advance. Yeah. So then, then on the bubble that we're talking about, these are probably your five through 10 teams. Um, and and I, two of so, them, I would say, are probably long shots, right? Angola and Columbia City are long, long shots, right? Well, maybe. It, it, I mean, it depends. Like you just said, like we're talking about Goshen. Could Goshen be on the podium? Yeah, Goshen would have to run really well, and a couple teams would have to, you know, slip up a little bit. I think the same thing's true of a Columbia City or Angola. I mean, if you can be ninth, I don't think there's going to be a that big of a gap from sixth, sixth to ninth. So if you're saying you could be ninth on a really good day and a couple teams ahead of you don't, you know, have, have an off performance, then you can go from ninth to sixth pretty quickly. So is it, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily expect them. I'm not, I'm not predicting them to advance, but I think Concordia, I got them ranked sixth this week. They're, there, it's hard, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording. They're, they have so many seniors 
who know what it takes to be really good at the end of October. I mean, this is a team that is coming off. Two of boys, a, two of their boys ran on the state championship yes. team two years ago. Yeah, two of these seniors have have blue rings on their fingers that ran in that race two years ago. So it's hard for me to imagine any of those top three guys slipping. And then they've got really good, pretty good depth, four through seven. Um, so if I like, I think Concordia and Homestead are probably on the front end of this bubble. I put Homestead fifth this week because they did win the regional last week. They beat Concordia at the West Noble Regional. Um, I think Concordia has been kind of just a tick ahead of Homestead most of the year. Uh, Penn, Penn's interesting because they've Carter Kayser is back. Retzloff is you know potentially running back into a uh, pretty good form after having kind of a rough, rough month of September. Um, but I mean, but the three through five is a question mark. Um, I think the same thing's kind of true with Carroll. They've got two really good front runners, uh, Loman and Slaw for their seniors. But again, three through five, they need to make sure those, and then you start to get, and when you do these, the semi-state breakdowns, the difference between like fifth and 10th is usually your four or five guys. I mean, right. all of these teams have some pretty good front runners. Um, you know, look at Angola. Like, they got the guy that's going to win the race, probably. And then Sam Yarnell is probably going to be in the 20 to 25 range. So that's a solid number two. And he could but, be in the, he could be in the top 10. Sure. He, yeah, on a really good day, he could, you know, he could catch lightning in a bottle and make a run. I mean, he's, he's right there with some of these. They some could of these be scoring. Range. They could be scoring single digit points through two. Yes. Right. Not likely. Yes. Probably more like 20 through two, but they right, they right. could score nine points through two guys. Yeah. Everybody on this list could have could have guys in the top 10 or top top 15 this weekend. Right. Um, but the difference between the reason why I've got Homestead Concordia higher is because they've proven that their three, four, five guys can run well, in addition to having the front runners, where the Pens, the Carols, Columbia City, Angolas at times they've been a little shaky at four or five. Um, and when you get to this level, I mean, if you're four or five guys are running 1740, you're done. Like there's way too many points for you to have any kind of shot at being top six. Uh, you really need your four or five guys down close to 17 flat and some front runners up there in that top 20 mixing it up. Um, so if, if you're making me, if you're making me predict, I don't hear you doing that, but I'm going to pretend you are. Okay. Well, you did write an article that has, an I did. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to say, Concordia five, Homestead six, and then I'm gonna say Carroll seven. That's that's my that's my heart of the bubble right there. Concordia five, Homestead six, Carroll seven. I like Concordia, and I actually I think I like Penn. Okay, just a feeling. You you obviously follow it a little more than I do, um, being the the semi state guy for Indiana runner from that area. But I, that's just my that's my feeling. Okay, girl side individually. Another kind of clear front runner, I think, Nikki Sutherland. Yeah. Would, would you say? Would you say she's a clear number two in the whole state? I would. Yeah. I mean, I obviously we talked Lily Cridge. I, I don't think there's any doubt she is the the best runner in the state. As we've have, talked before, I think she ever, Sometimes people talk about this on the message boards about like, oh, you should have somebody that's living in that area see it. And it's like, we have the same access to the internet and see the results that you guys do, right? Like, right. you don't have to be there to do the rankings. But have you ever, have you seen her run in person yet? Yeah. Um, she, it would have it been, well, I'm not, actually, I'm not sure if I did now. 
Because she it, didn't run a tournament last year. Um, I was unable to go to the girls' state track meet. Yeah. So maybe you have. Oh, now that, it, well, like, maybe I haven't. It's, it's an, it's incredible. I mean, it's just it. It looks it looks different than any other kid I've ever seen run. It really looks like she's like sprinting the entire way. Yeah. It's I don't know if it's a form thing or based on her height or what, but it's it's pretty incredible. Well, I, I remember that with Anna Rohr, uh, Mishawaka. You know, the this this all star from Mishawaka and went to Notre Dame. I remember when she ran, it was like, you just kind of felt like, oh man, like she's she's pressing hard the whole time. Right. Yeah. But for and, her, that was that was just her that was her five K pace. It's it yeah, it's fast. it's and the, those are those are two pretty comparable athletes, I think. Yeah. Okay, but but back to New Haven because Lily Chris is, is not coming to New Haven this weekend. Um, so yeah, I think Sutherland probably is the clear number two at the moment, but it's hard, it's hard to say that for sure because Delta does not race. Um, a juggernaut schedule. I mean, they've done some good things, I think, with their schedule to get her up against some some good competition here and there. Um, but unlike Cridge or unlike some of the Hamilton County girls or unlike even some of the, you know, some of the girls up in the region who race each other, you know, regularly, um, Sutherland is winning her winning her races by pretty wide margins. I now I don't think that I don't think we should take anything away from her because I think she probably is that good. Um, but yeah, you look at, okay, so Addison Canablo of Homestead, Addie Wiley of Huntington North. Those two are elite runners. Wiley obviously is a absolute star in track, um, had, had probably the best track season that a mid-distance girl has ever had this spring. Um, Addison is running really well for Homestead. She, she ran, I mean, she, she won their regional last week by, I think, about a minute. And that's a tough regional. West Double Regional is is one of the you know Probably the number two teams. regional in the state. Yeah, I mean it's it's good, and there's some really good podium level girls, podium level teams, you know, every year in that regional, and she dominated. So um, it's hard it's hard to tell. So I I think those are probably the top three. Um, Julie Smith from Penn, I think, gets a little bit underrated because they typically do race against elite teams probably your week in and week out um addison Lindsay of east noble we talked about her before on your podcast a few weeks ago the top freshman in indiana um i think she's really good maggie powers from hsc is really good um lexi Panning from concordia has been running really well recently so but if you if you're going to ask me how's it going to work how's it going to unfold i think it'll eventually be sutherland canablo wiley you know somewhere after 3k is down to those three Somewhere probably in the last mile, maybe last kilometer, I think Sutherland opens it up. Um, it'd be interesting to see then who goes two, three, and maybe back to your question about Fisher's HSE boys. You know, if you're not going to win, you know, Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. Like, are you really going to, like, go to the tank so you can get second in the semi-state instead of third? You know, in terms of team scoring, it's obviously not going to make much of a difference one point unless you misqualify by one point, then you feel like a jerk. Um but yeah, I think those are probably the top three girls in the semi-state. But there's some other girls right behind them that I think are also, you know, podium level runners as well. What do you what do you think of my theory on Addison Wiley that she's gonna run way better late in the tournament yeah. now because soccer's over? Do you yeah. buy that? I do. Do you, I mean do you do you think are you, are you talking about like good enough to win this Saturday and beat Sutherland? No. I I buy that she is a top 
five finisher this at, th at Terre Haute. Which I think I she might finish top. I think she might finish third in Terre Haute. Okay. So she's like somewhere third, fourth, fifth, which the data would not indicate she's going to finish. The data would probably say she's probably like 10th or 12th, right? Right. Where I think you're right. I think she probably is a top five girl. Um, so you you would say like, you would say Cridge, Sutherland, Wiley at State? I, I think there's a... I think there's a chance that may happen because she will now be, by the time we get to the state meet, she'll be three to four weeks deep of being out of the soccer tournament and just doing running. Yep. So that's just, I do. Just a I guess. Buy, but again, I buy you, you're talking to the president of the fan club. I know. You, Derek, you really need to send in the, the letter that I faxed to you because our, our ice cream social is coming up. It's going to be here before you know it. And I, I did. I'd hate, I'd hate for you to miss it. I did not pay my annual dues. I don't feel like I should go to that. I'll, I'll cover for you. Okay. All right. Team-wise, Carroll girls, HSC girls, Homestead girls, probably in, in the mix to win. East Noble and Penn also likely to make it. That's five. Yep. And then we think between these teams, Fishers, Concordia, Northridge, Leo, and Huntington North. Yeah. How do you – Fishers in Concordia, probably the strongest of those two teams. Yeah. Northridge is on the same level as them week in, week out. Uh, I think Northridge and Concordia are are fairly comparable. North Northridge has struggled finding a number five. Um, they've obviously got two really good front runners, Bayless and Heil. But when you start looking at like, okay, where would the five number five runner finish? I mean, they they would have the lowest placing number five runner out of all the teams that we previewed, probably. Um, can they overcome it? Sure. Um, but obviously that's, that's some, that's some difficult math to try to figure out. If I, if I had to say like, okay, so let's start at the top. I think Carol is probably going to win, but I think HSE and Homestead, either one of them could win. I think those are, I think those three teams are all top 10. I don't think any of them are probably podium teams, but I think any of those three could be top 10 in the state meet. Maybe um, Carol, maybe in kind of a Goshen type, like they, I could yeah. see, I could see a universe where they do finish in the top five, but I don't know that we're occupying that universe in a week. No. And I, the, the, the Carol will be fine this week. Cause they're, they're top four, top three or four, probably in the top 20. Um, when you get to the state meet, I don't think they have any girls individually that are podium threats. And I prove me wrong. If that's, if that, you know, if I'm speaking craziness, screenshot but, material. Yeah. So um, but I, I, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to be on the podium if your first place runner is 40th at the state meet. I mean, it has happened before. You were part of a team that had a very similar, you know, Snyder boys back in 04 did it. But it's just, it's difficult. If you're already giving up, you know, 30 some points on your number one runner, it's hard to recover that on the back end. Um, but yeah, so I think I would, but I think Carol will win this weekend, even though they got third in the regional. Um, Hanson didn't finish, Hazlitt didn't run, so two of their top four runners didn't score in the regional. Um, Do we know that they're both going to run this weekend? I assume they will. And so they only they only finished six girls, and I, I, I wasn't at the regional, so I don't know who started and didn't finish, but I assume that, uh, that Coach Miller did not start with six girls. I assume he started with seven and somebody didn't finish. Yeah, one, one dropped out. Yeah. So, um, and I'm, I'm, I think that it was probably Hanson, but I'm not totally sure on that. So I'm, I'm speculating publicly, which is a dangerous thing. Um, but I, let's, I, let's I think the other one's out. Okay. One of them hasn't run since, since mid August. So she's probably just out. Right. Well, I don't, 
So we'll we'll see on Saturday who they, who they have lined up. But I I think Carroll could win Saturday. Um, I think HSC could win. I think Homestead could win. Now, who is the next best? I think East Noble and Penn, if they run well, I think they're both going to make it. So yeah. East Noble, we already talked about Addison Lindsay. Uh, this sophomore Dakota Rogers, the past couple weeks has been running really well. Had a great regional race. You look at Penn. You talked about the Penn Pals. You know Smith, Eubank, um, Economo. Those like there's they have three runners that could be top twenty, and kind of like Goshen Boys. If you've got three runners that high, as long as your four or five are comp competitive, you're gonna you're gonna probably make it in. But so if you're gonna say who is sixth, I I would say Fishers, and here's why I would say that they they've got a lot of seniors. I mean they they qualify for the state meet almost every year. Um, they Elizabeth Barrett up front. They also have Schaefer, Runyon, Mybeck. I mean they've got four they've got four seniors up front there it's hard to imagine them being overwhelmed by this by this moment i, I think they're going to run well concordia does not match up as well at two three as fishers does so if we're saying everyone runs well i think fishers is in concordia is out um northridge leo huntington out but but right there kind of in that same mix with concordia all right that's the New Haven semi-state at Huntington. You heard it here first. Any last any last thoughts? Um, I I don't have any thoughts except that I think um, all the things I just said. I think probably a couple of them will be wrong on Saturday. <laughs> so when I'm saying I think you know I think this is going to happen. Like like the boys teams, you you like Penn, where I I I think Penn is not going to make it. Um, I could very well be wrong. So if anybody's looking for bulletin board material, they don't have, but Derek, Derek, they don't have bulletin boards anymore. Nobody's posting stuff on a bulletin board. Well, screenshot, board. screenshot material. You screenshot Screen, it. You send it to the screenshot group. Saying this random dude from Fort Wayne doesn't think, thinks that we might not make it out of the semi-state. The Columbia city school record holder over 800 meters. We're not going to make it on the girl side. I like Concordia to make it out. You do. I like Concordia. I don't know why. I just like it. Maybe I just want to argue with you. Then, well, you, you do tend to do that. I, I do. All right. Well, Derek, thanks for coming on. And uh, Derek Leininger, either love him, you hate him, or you think he's okay. <laughs> no other options. Just those three. All right. Thanks, Derek. All right. See ya. All right, we're here with Drake Sterling. We're going to go over the Shelbyville Semi-State Central Indiana, uh, talking about the individuals, go through the boys and then the girls individually. I don't want to speak out of turn on this, but it seems pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so Cole Matisson has run under 15 minutes. Krishna Thirunavukarasu has also run under 15 minutes. And then... You know, there's probably another outside of those guys. There's probably another five, eight, even ten that that could be in the top twenty-five at the state meet the next weekend. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty obvious up front that you know we're going to see 
those two battling it out much like they did at Flash Rock where they both went under 15 minutes and and thus thus far Cole has gotten the better uh, end of all those races um, but yeah you know moving on you know beyond them you know you have Charlie Schumann you have Kai Connor uh, you know the Center Grove trio there uh, they've got you know, all a lot of a lot of potential. You've got North Central Nate Colleen. We've seen him for uh, you know since he was a freshman. You know, come on really strong. Uh, the the Noblesville kids. Uh, we saw some of their abilities early on. You know, down in Columbus, uh, Columbus North Invitational and, and other races. So uh, a lot of talent up front. But you know, the top two. You know, are, are most likely going to be top five at state. Yeah, and you talked about Nate Colleen. You have him ranked sixth in your write-up that's on Indiana Runners' front page right now, which just shows how deep this semi-state is with individual talent because Nate was 15th last year at the state meet. Yeah, yeah, and he, uh, you know, obviously, I don't, I don't know that he's uh, totally lived up to, to what he did last year, uh, but that's, it's entirely possible that uh, he, his best race may be ahead of him. And, you know, it wouldn't be surprising at all to see him move up into that, you know, top three, third position, I think, on Saturday. And he was he was 15th at the state meet last year, but he's probably been ahead of last year up to this point. Yeah. And well, he's a guy we'll talk about the team in just a minute, but he's a guy that's certainly going to have huge team implications and motivations for how he can run and his presence in the top five scores really really helps north central's team chances yeah Let's get into think, it then. go ahead no yeah I, I was gonna say we can get into the teams but yeah he's certainly um you know you look at the caramels you look at the noblesvilles the center groves and the buffs and they're going to take up a lot of those top 20 spots but realistically unless there's a catastrophe they are not going to be you know, not in Terre Haute. And so the ones with the most to lose are going to be, you know, the North Centrals, maybe the Franklin Centrals, um, you know, and those types of teams that really are going to need to see kind of those B plus to A minus races across the board uh, if they want to snag, you know, that fifth and sixth spot. Team wise, you, you mentioned four teams there, maybe even five that are that are locks or near locks to advance barring. I, I think you said catastrophe. That makes sense. Team team race, probably down to three teams at the semi-state level. Yeah, I, I mean, wow, what a what a resurgence we've seen from Brebuff. And, you know, having done the rankings all season, I hung on to Brebuff as long as I possibly could. I knew that Burrell would be back at some point. I knew Todd would be back at some point, but they just, I mean, at one point they even slipped out of the top 25 uh, just because those two are just so good. And for them to come back last week and run as well as they did, um, you know, at the regional, you know, that really catapulted them to the top of the list along with Center Grove and Carmel. I would say, I would almost say all three of them have a 33.3% chance of winning. Uh, it's that close right now up front. Uh, I think Noblesville uh, and Zionsville are a clear cut four and five. Uh, they, you know, Zionsville has just been extremely consistent all year long. Uh, Noblesville has been very consistent as well. And we know up front, you know, um, Muma and, and Propes from Noblesville, they can do a whole lot of damage if they can sneak into the top 10. I don't know that Zionsville has, maybe they might have a top 10 runner. I don't know if they have two. Um, they could prove us wrong, but I think Noblesville just a, a tick above Zionsville. And then it gets really interesting after that. 
So those five teams, we, we feel like they're in. How, how do you fancy Burbas' chances potentially to win, not this weekend, but the next weekend, even seeing a, a, what they did on Saturday? Uh, they're certainly in the conversation. You know, I, I think that, you know, we haven't obviously seen much from uh, Burrell and Todd, uh, but that's, you know, can be, can work to their advantage. You know, if they're coming back and they're kind of open up, you know, now we can expect that after two or three more weeks of racing, uh, they realistically, you know, if they got back to their top form, they're both consistent sub 16 minute runners, you know, they're two, three on a team where now, right now they're running four or five. Uh, that could be really dangerous. I think Columbus North is just, they're better right now. Uh, but a lot can change in two weeks. And then whew, it's, it's close for that. It was always five, right, in the semi-state. And then I don't even remember what year it was, 07, 08, 09, probably about when I started coaching. They went to six teams at the semi-state, and that's huge now because if it was five, we'd, we'd have a pretty good idea of who those five teams would be. But uh, Brownsburg, Franklin Central, Mount Vernon, North Central, Westfield, how do you handicap those <laughs> five teams in terms of their likelihood to make it get that sixth position and make it out. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much a coin flip, um, you know, start kind of on the outs. I don't, I don't even want to say anybody, any of those five teams are on the outside. Um, you know, I like the momentum that Mount Vernon has having won the regional uh, and counterpoint to that. I am concerned about Franklin central uh, the showing that they had, because I was high on Franklin central uh, early on the season when I don't think a lot of people were, uh, you know, they came out early on and ran really well. Um, but, you know, getting beat the way they did uh, last week by Mount Vernon concerns me. Westfield, um, we know Kai Connor is going to get them, you know, a really good low stick. Um, Barnett has been uh, a little bit off lately. Uh, I think he'll be one that's going to be extremely important if he's in the top 15 it's much different than if he's only in the top 30. And so that'll be big for them. Um, and then North Central, we talked about uh, Colleen leading up front. They've got, they've run, they ran really well. Uh, it was either up there at New Haven or it was at Marion. I can't remember up, up on the Northeast side um, a couple times. And they've been kind of on the outside looking in. Um, Brownsburg would have to play, you know, a Cinderella. Uh, but they're not out of the out of the running. They have a really good, tough schedule. I think has probably prepared them up to this point. But um, I put in my rankings Mount Vernon. I thought it was a cool storyline. Uh, I thought, you know, that was another team. I think maybe I was on a little bit before anybody else. I kind of saw them early season. I thought there's something here, and I love that they came out and won the regional last week in a in a on a tough course that a lot of people don't run very fast on. Uh, so I'm excited to see them as well. Now, North Central last week barely made it out of that Noblesville Regional. Now, that's the most competitive regional in the state, but they are going to get back their number three runner. So how, how, do you, how do you like their chances knowing they're getting back a guy that uh, is their number three, but he also didn't run in the sectional or the regional? Yeah, I like their chances uh, only because they have – they have the, the low stick, right? If Colleen is up there, uh, they, I feel like they could match Mount Vernon's pack. What they have that Mount Vernon doesn't have is obviously that front runner. Um, I think that their pack is maybe a little bit better than Westfield's. Um, 
you know, Franklin central is kind of the wild card coming off an off race last week, but that'll, that'll, you know, if he can come back and be, you know, at 90% of what he was, you know, prior, I, I think they'll have a good chance. On the girls' side, individually, it's a much more clear cut than the boys. Uh, clearly, Lily Cridge is going to win this week. She's going to win next week. You know, is she going to win by a? If I set the over under at her margin of victory as fifty four and a half seconds, are you taking the over, or the under? I'm going to. Um, man, that's a good question. Only because you know, how far into the well do the Park Tudor girls want to go? You know, they both are capable of running 1745. Are they going to want to put that out there this Saturday when they know they don't have to and Lily will be up there running her 1710 or so? So um, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it uh, under 54 and a half seconds uh, only because I don't think anybody's going to, go all in at this point. I think it's too important that they, you know, run all run well because they're, you know, three of the top maybe seven runners in the state. Uh, so I would think that they will run slightly conservative. And may, may be the top three, right? I mean, they're in the same sectional, regional, and semi-state, but yeah. it wouldn't be crazy if those, those were the girls that finished first, second, and third next week at Terre Haute, right? Well, absolutely not. We've seen what Kennedy has in the past, you know, at, at state meets, she's run really well there. So um, yeah, that absolutely would not be surprising. And we're looking at six in the top 10 at the state meet from this semi-state problem, not, not probably, but potentially. Yeah. I mean, uh, we mentioned those Kendall Martin's been running really, really well. Um, and then you know, last Mark year, what's that? She was 10th last year. So yeah. seems possible should be ten in the top 10 this year it would seem likely um you know you, you're gonna have uh carmel's gonna hope to get two in the top 10 one is extremely likely two is likely um you know and then even down the list you know it, it wouldn't surprise me to see an outlier from this semi-state there's been you know times when i've seen liz smith from westfield run really really well uh seen uh audrey noper from western boone who uh Obviously, being from Boone County, I would love to see her do really well as well. Uh, so, yeah, just backed up front. Well, and somebody like like Audrey Noper or uh, Abby Fleetwood from Indian Creek, you just don't really know what a girl like that is capable of go, being from a smaller school and running against lesser competition throughout the year that these these are girls that are often winning their races by – more than a minute that when they get in actual competition and they're not winning handily, but they're, they're finishing fifth, sixth, eighth, 12th, whatever, that they may be capable of a lot more than, than we've seen early on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, Noper, you know, is somebody who, um, has gotten better every year and especially this year, it seemed like she really improved. So, uh, exciting to see somebody who, you know, we, we continue to see improvement with hasn't, you know, plateaued, yeah, and I, I think she's got a really good chance to finish in the top 25 at the state meet next yeah. week. So team-wise, uh, well, I don't mean to be immodest, but on the girls' side, looks like, I mean, Carmel girls should run away with it. Carmel girls were, I think, third in the sectional, fourth in the regional, but balanced their lineup when, when uh, all of the girls get back into the lineup. It, it should be a relatively easy 
Carmel win. I mean, they're not going to score. It's not like Columbus North in the Brown County semi-state. It's not like the Carmel girls are going to score 30 points and second place will be 130. But yeah. they're they're pretty consistently better than Noblesville, North Central, Westfield. And the Noblesville, North Central, Westfield feel like three potential, other than Columbus North, the, the podium teams are likely coming from this semi-state, right? Yeah. The podium yeah. teams for the state meet, that is. You're going to see Carmel probably going to get three girls through the shoot before uh, Noblesville or North Central or Westfield get one. Uh, so that race will be over relatively quickly with their depth. Uh, I do think it's likely that they get into that uh, 40, 30 to 40 point range. You know, if those three are on the top 10, you know, they might be, you know, around 45, 50 points. Uh, Noblesville, um, you know, has been. Their, their top three have been really interesting because they've been interchangeable throughout the season. We've seen times when Brinkley Cooper's run really well. We've seen times when Summer Rempe has run really well. Uh, we've seen Nadia Perez be their number one at times. Uh, so that will, will hopefully play to their favor, um, you know, getting all three of them in the top 20. And then North Central, uh, really exciting, a whole lot of growth from them uh, to see and to be, you know, not seniors up front either, you know, a young group uh, who's improved steadily as the season's gone on. Uh, they're pretty well locked in Westfield. You know, as we mentioned in the preview, you know, really came out of, you know, nowhere uh, to get where they are today, likely to be a podium team. And then it gets to Zionsville. And that is where I don't know if anybody can predict what's going to happen there. You know, if you put their uh, season bests, girl by girl up against most teams. I mean, they are a, likely a top four, top three team in the state. Uh, but we've just, we've not, we've only seen Maddie, uh, we've only seen, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her name. Kirsten uh, Kirsten, we've only seen Kirsten Hill one time. Uh, we haven't seen their standout freshman, Catherine Bowen, uh, for over a month, I believe. Uh, we did see Maddie Scheitlin come back last week and run really, really well. Uh, Lydia Moore has been one of the more consistent pieces and she has run under 19 minutes in her career. So it's like uh, you could see a situation where if they get full health back, they could do really well, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. I mean that you, you may not know, and you also may not want to say or be at liberty to say, but that seems unlikely. Right. But, but even if those, even if those girls, two of them don't run, they're still going to make it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's the difference between what, like fourth at the state meet and eighth or ninth, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the difference between podium and no podium. And, you know, I I hesitate to, uh, you know, try to predict what teams are going to have. Uh, but I would think that if they had more, they would have probably shown it by now. Yep. That makes sense. And then, so those, that's five highly likely teams, five five locks uh and then it comes down in the last spot between looks like avon burbuff and franklin central yeah and, so and avon's look, been the best of those three teams all year but over the last couple of weeks burbuff's got some front running franklin central's gotten some girls back i i like avon uh i think their depth even back to like their number six you know they've still got a number six that could you know get into the mid-20s and that could be extremely valuable uh, for them because, you know, I think Franklin Central had a great, great race, which 
you know, those times that Franklin Central ran uh, at Rushville are, are good, notable times. You know, like I said, not a fast course. Uh, so they may may have the hot, you know, hot streak behind them right now. But I think if it if I'm looking at it strictly on depth and if if, uh, you know, their front runner, Jessica, can can get into the top 15, whereas Franklin Central probably won't have anybody in the top 15. They may be able to sneak somebody in the top 20, likely the top 25, but if they can just hold their depth and get uh, Jessica back up front, uh, I think they're going to be the team to beat. Yeah, there's, there's an interesting difference between those two teams and that Franklin Central's a lot closer pack and maybe the better at four and five, but what kind of advantage does Avon have at number one and can they can they stay in there close enough so yeah. and for buff we feel like it's probably just a little bit on the outside i think so i think uh you know it just didn't come together for them you know quite this year like i think we might have expected um they're going and, and their depth just just isn't there i mean if one of their girls is off i just i'm afraid that they won't be able to overcome that now burbuff's kind of a team like zionsville but less depth in that they've got one girl that hasn't run much, if at all, recently, and maybe has only run one or two meets this season, if she were to be able to come back and be at her the typical level that she was at when she did race. But, I mean, the reality of the situation is that these athletes that haven't run for, for four, five, six weeks are they're probably not going to compete this week. Yeah, and, you know, I guess, I guess given what Brebuff's done in the tournament thus far on the boys' side, it's not – uh unlikely to that something yeah. might like that you know they might get somebody you know one runner back uh but uh i i just don't know i mean they they aren't particularly strong at their five to begin with uh so to ask them you know their four and five i think would have to have some uh really a a minus races you know maybe likely a pr you know in order to get them you know that sixth spot Right. All right, man. Hey, thanks for coming on. Any any last overarching thoughts from the from the season or this semi state in particular? No, I mean it's been it's been a blast. Uh, I'm I'm so excited to see the the matchup that everybody's excited to see at the state meet between you know Cole and Isaiah, and uh, obviously Indiana Runner will be on the mic, be on the uh, the video cast. So check us out. It'll be myself and Derek uh, broadcasting the state meet. And uh, we look forward to, to seeing some great racing. All right, man. Hey, thanks for coming on. All right, thanks. We're here with Josh Horowitz. We're going to go through the Brown County semi-state, uh, serious state team title contender on the boys and the girls. Let's start with the boys. Columbus North, are they're clearly going to win. How many, I think the question is, how many points are they going to score? There were 15 at the regional, right? Yep, 15 at the regional. Um, I'm not sure what the record is. Uh, if you look at uh, the the meat that I, I went through and scored it a couple of different ways using INCC stat stuff and 44 is the number that I came up with for the boys side. Yeah. So 
that's what I is that that's more based on regional performance. That's what I got too. I did one of those. Yeah. Yeah, that's based off regional performances. And then after Columbus North, I put four teams in a really good position to qualify. Four teams I'd be surprised if they didn't make it. Bloomington North, Bloomington South, Floyd, and Northview. I have some buyer's remorse after doing a mock meet. I do think both the Bloomington schools are going to make it. I do think Northview is, is going to make it, definitely. I think Floyd will make it, but are you – are you willing to call Floyd boys a lock? If, if we looked at it on tiers, um, I, I was thinking the same way you were with Columbus North as the one and then Northview, Bloomington North, Bloomington South as two through four. So I'd actually put Floyd in that next tier. Like I think they're where you had it like in good position to qualify, but it, it might not be in the lock we think it is. It's going to be, I think it'll be tough for them not to make it, but, but, um, although we, we don't, we don't know for sure, um, what their strategies have been in the sectional regional, if any, I think that's one thing looking at results, looking at their times on, uh, and and their ratings that they, they very easily could have just been tempoing or, you know, training through just to get to the semi-state. And their two potential frontrunners haven't been very good in the last couple weeks at least. But, again, how seriously were they taking it? What kind of workouts did they do, say, on Thursday afternoon or Thursday evening? That we don't know. So, likely, but but probably not a lock. And I actually had them fourth ahead of Bloomington South. Um, but as I went through and – Why'd you do that? Them, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's not a personal thing. I just don't like you as a person. <laughs> Um, I think I think that's personal. <laughs> no, you're right. It is <laughs> person. No, I don't like you as a person. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see on. We'll see on point. I, I think. I think they're likely, but but not a lock. And then on the on the team side, it kind of comes down to two teams. One is Austin, and one is Jasper, and they're they're kind of opposites. So. Austin, really good pack, but their first guy is ranked 47th in the semi-state on INCC stats, but their top five guys could finish within like 10 seconds of each other. So, you know, 47th place, I don't think he'll finish 47th place. I think all their guys could finish in the top 50. Um, But that's not going to be, you know, they all finish in the 40s, let's say. It's not going to be. 40 team points that's going to be a, a, a little bit less than that um and then jasper's got they're only going to score four because of a beckman their second guy is going to finish in the top 20 and so i put in the article that you know jasper may have half as many points through two runners as austin's number one guy scores so austin's number one guy might score 25 points and through two runners jasper might have 10 12 so can they overcome that if they're down, you know, if Austin is down by 30 points through two runners, can they overcome that by bearing Jasper's fourth and fifth? How do you handicap those two if it's, if it is for the last spot? Yeah. Assuming, and I, I kind of look at it the same way you did with Jasper and Austin, the last two. Um, and I mean, you hit it on the head with Jasper scoring four. That's always a really key thing to look at for certain teams, but 
you you nailed it too with Austin. Like they could, their one to five split could be, you know, 15 seconds and they could all score in the top 40, whatever it is. They could be really close. Um, and it's just going to, de- honestly, I think it'll just depend on how Jasper's four or five are. If they can run well enough, then I would, I would give the edge to them, but I don't know if they, if they can. Austin has shown the last two weeks um, so far in the tournament that they've been able to pack up well together. Uh, it just the pack needs to be far enough up in the race. And I think, I think Austin is, Austin is a little safer because when you have five athletes, five runners, in this case, five boys that are able to run that close together and feed off each other's energy, the odds of a casualty of a really bad race for, for that kid by his or her standards is, is lower than this, this disparate team of Jasper where one of the guys is way up out front. Another one is up there kind of close and they're all kind of out there on an Island by themselves. They're obviously running against other kids, but not their own teammates that I had been thinking Jasper all along all season. And and now I'm starting to think like, man, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for Jasper to beat Austin. I really that's think kind of, Yeah, that's kind of how it was all season two. Um, and then Austin just got a lot better, and they're continuing to get better. Um, and if you look at kind of how the scoring went um, in the, the mock meet that I did, their, their number threes are pretty even. And then the, – so the, basically the question is, the points that Jasper gains from their one and two, is Austin going to be able to make that up on their four or five? Um, and I, I think they can. I haven't done like a deep statistical analysis of this. So it's a little more anecdotal, but I, and I wrote this in the article that if you've got a fifth runner, that's pretty far back, you can overcome that. Just one score that, that attacks on a bunch of points. But when you're trying to cover up two in a large meet, a meet like this with 20 teams, so there's going to be what 140 scores. You know, a couple of kids may drop out or get sick or whatever and not run, but some teams may only have six. But 136, 137 scores. And if two of Jasper's finish more than halfway back through the field, that's going to be really, really hard to overcome. Yeah. If you're so, asking me to pick one right now, I'd, I'd say Austin. I think that's what you had or what the what was written in the preview. What did you what did you see in the mock meet based off the regional last week? How far ahead was Austin in that? Yeah, so Austin was the sixth. So can I re-explain the yeah. So on INCC stats, they give the regional uh, performances by rating, taking the uh, the course ratings, all that. And so I just took everyone in the semi-state on the teams and put them in the order. So this is based off just the regional. Um, and I had Austin sixth with 192 and then Jasper seventh with 230. So almost a 40 so was, point. Difference. Yeah, it was pretty significant. And it was their four or five being, you know, they were scoring Jasper's four or five was scoring after 70. Yeah. So more than halfway through the field, both of them. Yeah. yeah. Where was Floyd in that? So I did a little twist on Floyd because Will Conway was their second at regional. And if he's their number one, then they'd be where, where I think he would be. They would have been 184. Okay. Almost, so, which, so would, just, which would be fifth. 
just ahead of Austin. Yeah. which And I think Floyd is kind of similar to Jasper that they've got those two potential front runners, but I don't think that Floyd is scoring two after that, that important break kind of halfway through the field. Individually. I mean, it seems like almost not, not all that important. Like Reese Kilbarger stump will, will probably win. Um, Abe Ekman from Jasper, Spencer Wolf from Forest Park. Those are three like top 10 level guys. And Scott and I talked about this on the New Prairie semi-state one as well. Like there's two potential podium teams. These are these are three individuals that are really thinking about next week, I'd imagine. I just, I don't know what kind of value as an individual do you place in that? Obviously you're going to run as hard as you can. That's not going to hurt you. But in terms of where they're at with their training and their focus, like, how much does someone value the semi individual race at the semi state? I was going to say a similar thing. Like I'm, I'm sure Reese is going to go in there and run hard and coach is going to tell him to run hard, but you know, they're coming down the line and if he doesn't have it and he finishes third, they're probably still going to win the team title, the semi state team title, and then get ready for state and try to be top five at state. On the girls side, it's, it's kind of similar Columbus North girls, they're the favorite for the state meet. Um, they'll probably score somewhere in the 30s or 40s, right? What'd you have them at? Uh, based on their regional performances, it was 50. Um, I think they're f- one of their four or five was either out or just farther back. It was a lot farther back than usual. And she missed, she missed the Laverne Twilight. And she missed the sectional, and then she ran last week in the regional. So she missed two meets, one of which was an important meet, right? A, a number one versus number two shutdown. Now they did win without her, but my guess would be anytime a kid has missed a couple meets, you know, you miss an extended period of time. You get hurt, you get sick, you miss a few workouts. That first meet back is there's probably going to be some rust there. So I, I wonder if she's is she back more this weekend will be show will be telling for her. It'll show us a lot based on like where does she does she finish more like with their top three where she has typically been finishing, or is she that far back again? If she's that far back again, I think the odds of her doing that at the state meet are relatively high if she's up with the uh, where she at her more normal performance level, then the odds of her doing that at the state meter are high. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be a good, good showing this week to tell where she could be the next week. Um, and yeah, you're right. It, it's hard coming off, you know, missing those two meets and you look at her stats performance. Um, her race, her season rating was 1907 and her regional performance was 1952. So she's way off that, which like you said, it makes sense. So, We'll see what that will be compared to her season rating if it gets closer, um, faster, or what. So and that that won't it won't matter this week. They're gonna make it out easily, they're gonna win easily. But the difference between a 1950 performance rating and a 1910 performance rating at the state meet, that her level and where the team is, that could be 20, 25 points. And that's that's the difference between finishing first or second as a team. Right. In a year where we think it's gonna be really close in the state finals between the top two, that's huge individually it's enigmatic 
Did so, you want to talk about the other teams? Let's do the individuals first, okay. and we'll get to the teams. The teams, at least for me, are more interesting. Okay. So, Jaden Serencion from Floyd Central has been the class of the of the Southern semi-state all season. But she didn't run the regional or the sectional, and the last time she ran, she was kind of far back. So I'm not going to speculate as to why, but that's the reality of the situation, that she hadn't run the last two weeks. Um, I would imagine she will run this week. But then after her, Julia Kiesler has been the best at her top, at her apex, but that was at the beginning of September. She's been solid since then. She's certainly helping her team, and she's a likely all-state finisher. And then Lily Baker from Columbus North, so those two are teammates, Kiesler and, and Baker. Baker won a surprise win, I think, at the Laverne Twilight, and then she won and ran really well a, a fast time at uh, the Columbus North Regional. So she's probably the one coming in that's that's having the most success right now. Plus, Lily Myers from Bloomington South is yeah. Yeah, won the sectional and the regional. And then Andy Van Meter has been good, but also missed a couple of weeks and is coming back kind of in a similar position to, say, Catherine Rumsey from Columbus North or that, that, that Jaden Serencio may be in this week. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I guess Lily Baker is the favorite. Based on consistency, I'd have her as the favorite. And what we know, like we, like you said, we, we're not sure about Serencio. Um, Keesler at her best has been better than Lily Baker. Um, but on consistency, Lily's had the most re- Lily Baker that is, has had the most recent extraordinary performance, I'd say. I think I think Keesler has Keesler has the highest upside, like we were saying, and like I, I put in the article. And I think she has one big race in her either this weekend or next. So that's why that's why I picked her to win, but I I don't know. And again, what especially if the top two are from the same school, how much emphasis do you put? I mean, you run, you race as hard as you can, but how much emphasis do you put on the individual semi-state title? Uh, especially if it if it comes down to, to two girls from the same school. Uh also shout out girls, Team Lily. Yeah, no kidding. There's not an Addison to be found in this one. Uh Team-wise, Columbus North girls are going to win. You said 50. I think it could be even um, – I think it could be even fewer points than that. Bloomington North, lock. Floyd Central, lock. Even if even if Serencio doesn't run, there's still a lock. Now, she does run, and she gets to her typical performance level. It's a potential top-five team next week. They're definitely second if she runs, and she's as good as she's been. That, and she, that's what the scores show. Then they would then they would they'd be scoring four because if she's as good as she's been all season, uh, barring like a, a, a Herculean effort from Kiesler, like Serencion's going to win. Um, Northview Lock, long shot podium team. I think they're just under ten percent on INCC stats. And then on the bubble, so that's four. So I had three teams for for two spots. Um, one is, is Bloomington South there. 
essentially going to score four, right? I mean, Myers is going to score five or fewer points. Um, but there's, and you, you may, you may just want to nod. I, I don't know what you feel comfortable or, or even what, obviously, since you're coach at that school, you're not allowed to disclose some things. There's clearly some availability issues there. And some of the team's top runners have missed the past four or five, six weeks. I, I think if it's been more than just the sectional and the regional, I think it's, it's reasonable to assume they're not going to run this week. So a fully loaded Bloomington South team is going to make it out. And I, I still think South makes it out. I still think they do. Did you, did you see on INCC stats um, with the, the making state percentages change based on, I think, people running the tournament or not? Did you notice that? Yes, I think that's the case, but I, I couldn't verify that. I, I couldn't because, for example, like Bloomington South, before up until like sectional it was probably at like 90 percent to make right. state but that's with that that runner that hasn't run in a while um but since she hasn't run the sectional or the regional the percentage dropped to like 55 percent and now yeah, it basically I, has it even between south and a team we're about to mention yeah i think it took them out and because i i noticed the same thing with zionsville that they're ranked pretty high but they're percentage chance to finish on the podium doesn't line up with where they're ranked and i was like oh okay they, they those top the top two girls that took them out um the other That's the two first teams, time i've seen that though in years in, in the years of looking at the stats. last time i can remember that happening would be the fishers boys had missed a guy for six weeks or so and and leading up to maybe the semi-state of the state meet he was he was taken out and it was like that was the year that it was really between three teams and it seemed it, it seemed at points a toss up. And then after the regional and the semi-state, it certainly appeared that one of those teams would, would win. And it kind of seemed between two teams. And then actually the team that won was the third team that, that people hadn't thought of it. Cause they have that team had lost the regional and the semi-state. Um, Jasper is good. Jasper to me, Jasper's girls team really parallels their boys and that front runner returning all stater, a really, really good number two. But you, it just you got to go kind of deep for those last few scores, and they might get beat by another school that's just got a a, a better fourth and fifth. Is that is that what the numbers bear out when you scored it? Their regional performance actually bared out pretty well. Um, it had them fourth as long as they did the math correctly. Which now that I'm looking at it, I might not have. Um, so it, it did have them fifth. Um, yeah, Jasper fifth. Yeah, actually, let me, let me do the math again real quick because I'm gonna mess it up. Because uh, so the yeah. other team is Princeton, right? Um, no, I actually think I did it right. I, I had them fourth just using the regional performances. Okay, do you have them ahead of Floyd? On. you'd think using a calculator this would work yeah fourth um no ahead of bloomington north who did who did not have the best performance at, at their regional yeah I, I think bloomington north is a lock um yeah i i think the last spot comes down to bloomington south and princeton actually i agree i'm a little bit higher on jasper i think i was conflating them or confusing them with their boys team. Um, 
Jasper this could is, yeah. Jasper could put three girls in the top twenty. Yeah, if they the put same. three girls in the top twenty. It doesn't matter where their fifth girl finishes because yeah. they're scoring twenty five points through three, and it only takes two hundred to make it out. Mm-hmm. So their fourth and fifth could score eighty and ninety, and they'd still probably be okay. So I, yeah, I I think it's between Bloomington South and, and Princeton. What did Princeton agree, finish in your mock meet? Sixth with 186 based on the regional performance. And they ran very well. And they, they had a fast times, faster course. So, you know, you can make all the arguments of how that plays out into the and numbers. Two, but. two in the top 20 minimum at the semi-state, maybe two in the top 10. It's very possible, especially on the scoring side of it. They could score two in the top 10. So if, they, if they're scoring fifth, let's say 200 is a good – benchmark if you get to 200 at the semi-state you probably got a shot but they have 15 points through two that means their other three need to average about 60 team points not overall place um yeah i I, how far back was was bloomington south in your mock meet based on the regional performances about 30 points 30s a lot. Yeah. It's kind of like it on is. the boys. It's kind of like Austin and Jasper on the boys' side. 30s a lot to make up. Yeah. But it's a it's an athletic competition for adolescents. So there are a lot of factors other than previous performance and um, right. previous team success and talent at play here that one person's off. For a lot of these teams that have five good runners and one person's off, that can make a 30 or 40 point difference. And looking at this as objectively as I can, like you said, that coach at one of the schools, um, the Princeton's, you know, Bloomington South is going to score four, like you said, but Princeton's not going to lose that many points from one. And they're going to gain a lot from two and five. So South's really only, you know, their best chance is to have they're two, three, four, pretty far in front of Princeton's three um, and really win at three and four by a lot of points because that's what they're going to need. Uh, judging by the Scott Litzkin theory, then Bloomington South's got a good shot because a lot of times he says a lot of times at four, it makes a difference. You can overcome some, some, it, it's kind of like the year that we beat Cathedral at the state meet and they had the number one guy in the country and he beat our first guy by a minute, but it didn't matter that much because at the state meet, our first guy was 19th and their first guy was first. And there was a minute in between there, but it, you, you get to a certain point in these big meets that it's about a point per second, but not up that high. And so Bloomington South's number one may be Princeton's number one by 30 or 40 seconds but it might only be three or four points the way that at that, at that meet, their guy beat our guy by a minute, but it was only 10 points. And by the time we got to number two, that the, the margin had already erased. Right. So that's, that's very, very interesting. Yeah, The numbers are there for both teams. And I, I think it's just an example of if you run well, you're, you're probably going to make it. If you don't run well, you won't. If both teams run well, flip a coin. All right. Any other thoughts going into the 
the exciting, always, always, no, you know what? I, I want to say always exciting, but actually almost never exciting, right? This is the one that you go in and you know the teams are going to advance. It's the same teams all season. And we've been calling six locks all year and suddenly it's not that way. Yeah, it's, in, in a way it's exciting that we, we, got, we get to the semi-state and it's not the six teams we thought it would be. There is a legitimate shot of two teams we hadn't talked about at the beginning of the year making the state meet, which is exciting. Yep. Yes. So the never exciting Brown County semi-state is suddenly thrilling. 2021, it's a crazy world we live in. Let's keep it going. All right, man. Hey, thanks for coming on and uh, give my best to the Bloomfield boys on Saturday. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. All right, shout out.